everyone. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. This podcast is being done in conjunction with Qual360 North America. The conference will be held on March 8th and 9th in Washington, D.C. at the Gallup World Headquarters. This year's theme is Empathy, Diversity, and Resilience. Similar to last year, I'll be hosting the event, which I'm super excited about, and I would love to see you, my listeners, there. To learn more about the event, you can check the show notes, or you can DM me on LinkedIn, or you can just Google Qual360 North America, and it'll take you right there. Our guest today is Linda Melnicki-Light. She is the Associate Director of Global Insights, Connect, and Gifting Portfolio at Mars Wrigley. Mars is an American family-owned multinational manufacturer of some of the world's most iconic products, including M&Ms, Snickers, Orbit, Extra, and Skittles, all of which I stock from Costco regularly. Prior to joining Mars, Linda served as a senior insights leader at ConAgra Foods, FedEx, and McDonald's, and she started her career as an intern at Coca-Cola. Linda, welcome to the Happy Market Research Podcast. Hi, Jamin. Great to be here with you. WX is a research operations platform for private panel management, qualitative automation, including video audition questions, and surveys. For a limited time, user seats are free. If you'd like to learn more or create your own account, visit hubux.com. It is a pleasure to be able to connect with you. We've done so professionally before. This obviously is in conjunction with your upcoming talk, but before we get into the actual topic, I wanted to kind of get a little bit more context. As a consumer insights professional in 2023, right, we're just stepping into the year, finishing up the first month. What is keeping you up at night? That's a great question. So for me, I am torn between really two things, torn between embracing technology. So as we think about the future of market research, I truly feel like we we kind of have to get beyond just asking consumers, what do you think or feel about this? But really start to tap into some of the technology that's at our fingertips. Now, when we think about technology, let's think wearables, biometric feedback sensors, and this kind of thing, right? That's the way of the future. And this is probably going to be impacting the way people eat the way people sleep, how often they work out, right? And so as I think about that from a CPG standpoint, I think we need to be very cognizant of that and the ability to tap into those kinds of mechanisms to really understand the full totality of a person. Now, that said, the thing that kind of keeps me up at night is just the the fact that you have so much of this data that can be used and manipulated for nefarious purposes, right? And so as I think about that, there's just such a responsibility. So the ability to go in and say, yes, I want to, you know, have wearables, I want to do this and that, broadcast my life everywhere. That stuff also lives on forever. So so technology is a good thing and it's a bad thing. So it's one of the things that keeps me up at night. The other one is, and Jamin, you and I know, um, we've talked about Gen Z in the past. I do a lot of Gen Z work within our organization. And so the younger generation keeps me up at night, okay, (laughs) from the standpoint of I feel super optimistic about this generation. I feel really um, that these guys are going to be the creators, right? 
creators of the next generation, creators of the next institutions, right? They're the ones that are calling out like our political systems don't work. Our educational systems don't work, right? So these guys are going to be on the forefront of that. And I have so much hope in that generation as really calling things out, dismantling some of them and rebuilding to a much better place. However, then the opposite, you know, the shadow of that is, these guys are connected to their phones, right? There's a generation of people that are like, I'm going to be famous for being famous, right? I just finished reading um, a book called Hollowed Out where it's like, I'm extremely worried about this next generation of humans. Like, will they be able to feed themselves? (laughs) Will they be able to maintain jobs, right? The basics. So I'm extremely hopeful. And at the same time, the counterpart of that is, I don't know, they kind of freak me out at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a just just for the context of the audience, uh, you have children. Yes, I've got three teenagers that are very Gen Z, twenty year yeah. old, eighteen year old, and a fifteen year old. Yeah, and I I have almost the exact same ages. Uh, I have two in Gen Alpha and three in Gen Z. Oh goodness, yeah. It's the most. You know, I'm pausing because I want to be really careful with how I say it, but it, it's the most gifted generation ever in terms of categorical knowledge. Like you have access to anything mm-hmm. uh, that you want. You have a computer. You have a computer in your pocket. You have the, and it's more than that. Even it's the whole world, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. And it used to be the case, you know, our generation. Um, I'll assert, just given our children's age, that we're probably uh, Gen X, and well, I'm, I'm definitely Gen X. Yeah, I'm Gen X too. (laughs) So, you know, when we wanted to learn things, we would go to the single source of truth, which was the Encyclopedia Britannica and or the library, right? And so there were massive time gaps with respect to our ability to be able to learn, both in terms of that information being able to be culminated and disseminated, right? So that that took years. And then once that actually landed in the library, you know, I only went to the library once every two weeks. And so, again, you know, a big time, a big amount of space there. Whereas now I get quite literally that instant, instant feedback. And I think in a lot of ways it helps with little things, but makes like, how do you change a tire? But it hurts for bigger things. Like, what do I want to do with my life? Because there are so many options. Yeah. That plus, I think just the amount of time that they spend on their phones or the amount of time they spend in front of a screen, right? So now you're in school, but you're in front of a screen 24 seven with, you know, your computer and everything. And from that standpoint, it, there's a negative effect on the brain, right? Right. The blue light that comes through is that's not a positive thing. They're getting less exercise. They're getting less blood flowing throughout the body. So there's that the physical aspect of it, in addition to, you know, ambition, knowledge, all of that. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely terrifying in in everything you're saying. And, And a lot of that gets kind of to your point before around, concerns around technology, you know, the intent of most technology is to dominate your time. We used to think about share of wallet as brands. And um, now many brands are thinking about, you know, time on screen or or time in app or, you know, that that kind of framework, in which case, you know, the engineering, the ability to be able to build products that are quite literally just captivating our brains, our animalistic sides. And we as as humans just kind of like, you know, fall into that. Sad to say, but it just kind of is what it is, myself included. Like I've done a lot on TikTok 
some professionally and some just for fun, most just for fun. And it is amazing how you can kind of get that. You have to force yourself to separate from the endorphin rush of the swipe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And so then that kind of tags back into the point I was making about wearables in the future of technology, right? Biofeedback sensors. I mean, in the future, if, if let's say you're in a situation where it's like, oh, my sensor has said I've eaten all the carbs I should eat for the day, right? I mean, will it ever just shut you down, right? Will it say like, mm. no, you're, you're not going to this restaurant, you're not doing this, that, or so. So it could be a very fascinating future, but it could also be a very scary future because we truly don't know what we don't know. And I heard somebody saying the other day, like back in the, I don't know, 1900s or something, the amount of information that existed doubled every like, what, 10 years or something like that. And today they're saying the amount of information that exists in the world doubles every 24 hours. I mean, wow. it, you just can't be on top of your game all the time because right. there's new information that comes through and how do you sort through all of it? So your topic is titled The Human Impact of Inflation. Give us a sneak peek about your talk. Yeah. So in short, what I'm doing is um, stitching together a few different research techniques to be able to provide some holistic context around the human impact of inflation. And the reason why this is um, really coming to bear for me within my role at Mars Wrigley is Obviously, a lot of CPG companies are going to be in the same place. We're pulling a lot of data, data from past recessions to say, okay, what do you think we're going to be seeing during this period of time, you know, in terms of sales, unit movement, you know, what should we be expecting in terms of pack sizes? We've got supply chain issues, you know, a range of topics that everybody within CPG is going through. In the context of pulling data, the, some of the conversation we had internally was, I think we're missing um, some of the story when it comes to what's really happening to human beings at this point in time, like at this point in history. So we're, we're just coming out of COVID. Everyone was so excited about, you know, here's all the things I'm going to do, you know, once lockdowns are over and everything. And now we're struggling with you know, how do I get fuel for my car? How do I feed my family? We're not going out to eat as often. So all of that is causing a lot of angst and a lot of stress. So the point of um, what I started to do within Mars Wrigley was to create um, a series of webinars that happen on a quarterly basis around really starting to bring the empathy of what humans are experiencing during this point in history to the organization so that everybody can understand it and they can feel it. And the other thing I say internally is, you know, nobody that's working at, at the corporate level in a CPG company is, is making minimum wage. I mean, we can't, we, are, we aren't living the lives of our consumers. So really starting to bring some of those stories in front of our leadership is so impactful. So that was really what inspired me to say, let's take some of this information and to share it at this conference. So part of what I'll do is to share some of these empathetic insights that we're uncovering. But the other part is to um, show how we've been able to leverage some of the different tools and techniques that we have access to, right? So we can ask consumers 
questions via video commentary. So I have some of that in the presentation. We've also leveraged a few other tools and techniques. And so I'll talk through that um, in the context of the talk as well. I love the framework of empathy. And I also appreciate that we, you know, that we're very fortunate and oftentimes far removed from the general population uh, in terms of what keeps them up at night, right? And, and you've done a really good job of succinctly getting to that and, and helping build that bridge in the corporate framework. And I'm excited about hearing your talk. What are some specific takeaways that the audience may be able to uh, employ or deploy uh, in their organizations? Yeah, well, um, so we've leaned into some quant sources to, to look at, okay, so how impacted um, are people by inflation today? So one of the key takeaways is that inflation has overtaken really an, anything else that, that has been surveyed, whether you're talking about COVID, crime, po you know, political issues, education, what have you. COVID is the number one issue for countries globally. Um, and that has increased in terms of the number one concern month over month over month throughout the um, year of 2022. Um, the, other, the other, I think, key takeaway here is that in addition to consumers saying things like, you know, I'm stressed, um, you know, I'm, I'm suffering sticker shock. Um, I don't have any time on my hands. I mean, we've heard from so many consumers, or I would say humans, who say, you know what, I can't afford gas for my commute to work, so now I'm taking public transport. I'm also not going out to eat anymore, so I'm making more meals at home. And so what's happening in the context of that? Well, their, um, the amount of expendable time that they have on their hands is drastically decreasing because now their, their commute to work is taking them three times longer. Now they're making their dinners at home, so they're eating later. People are crankier. They, they don't have exposure to, you know, some of the indulgences that they had previously. So, so you really start to dimensionalize some of the stress that people are under today. It's not just, you know, oh, the terminology of stress, but it's lack of time. It's lack of energy. It's lack of money, right? And so what are we looking for? What's going to start to fuel us? Um, what we found is that there's three key human insights that folks are looking for during this time of inflation. One is control, because this economic environment, the political environment, the social environment that we live in is not in our control. So, so Control is one of those key areas that folks are really seeking at this point in time. That's not something that someone's going to tell you, you know, yeah, I'm looking for more control <laughs> when you ask them in a video interview. But that's why stitching together all of these different tools and techniques, you start to realize, ah, there's something underneath that. So one of those things is control. The other is care. So um, one of the reasons why people give to others is because you also give to yourself at that time. So care is another one of those areas where we know that everybody is suffering, you know, just, I would say all income levels, whether you're low, medium, high, inflation is cutting across all of them, right? And so everyone's in the same boat. We also know that um, when you're not going out to eat, you're not giving, you know, big gifts. What are you doing? Well, you're you're baking things. You're saying to your neighbor, hey, I got some extra this or that. 
So, you know, do you think you'd want to share or you're arranging toy swaps? You're doing, you know, some of these other things where you're like, hey, I can't afford new toys for my child. But now you've got these micro communities of people that are getting together through social media to say we have excess or, or we're done using this. It's still in great condition. How can you use it? So that's how care is being dimensionalized as well. And then comfort. Comfort's the other area where um, obviously people are, are seeking a way to recharge their, I would say, not only their bodies, but also their, their emotional state, their soul. So comfort is another one of those key elements that we'll talk about in my upcoming presentations. Fun. I cannot wait. That is super interesting. All right. My last question. What is your personal motto? My personal motto. So, <laughs> so during this time of inflation, and, and I say this to my kids all the time, but it's, it's especially true, like as I've been doing all of this inflationary work, you really don't know what other people are dealing with under the surface. So my personal motto is, karma, right? It's, it's what goes around comes around. Don't be a jerk. Don't, don't be a jerk to other people because you don't know if they're having a bad day. You know, this is a blip in, in their life, or if it's just a matter of like, they're really struggling with something really, really heavy right now. So, so I would just say, don't be a jerk. I tell my kids this all the time. Um, and it really, I think is, is coming to life um, for me personally, as I do some of this work professionally right? That the need for kindness in this world is so overwhelming, right? So be an agent for change, <laughs> be a force of good. Um, and, and I'd say be nice to the elderly. Um, there's just a special place in my heart for the elderly. And, you know, I'm hoping that we will all have the opportunity to be old at some point. <laughs> so again, treat everybody with kindness, because when you're old, and you can't see well, and you can't hear well, you know, you're going to be treated in a way that you treated others too. So that's kind of my, I would say my, my life philosophy. Our guest today has been Linda Melnicki-Light, Associate Director of Global Insights Connect and Gifting Portfolio at Mars Wrigley. Linda, thank you for joining us on the Happy Market Research Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Jamin. Everyone else, I hope to see you at Qual360 in Washington, D.C. on March 8th and 9th. I'll be there. Linda will be there. We would love to talk more about this particular topic and other things that are trending in the space. Have a great rest of your day.